Live from Western Kentucky University, capital of the Hilltopper Nation. Whether it's in the locker room or on the field, behind the clipboard or on the court, home or away, we've got you covered. Get ready to enter the Red Zone, your destination for all things sports, right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome everyone to Red Zone Radio on this Sunday, February the 2nd. It is Super Bowl Sunday uh, here at Western Kentucky University. As uh, we are getting a little bit of a head start on uh, on Red Zone Radio this week, because we all know if Red Zone was at seven o'clock tonight, there might be not only zero people listening, but maybe negative people listening, if that was possible. Yeah, I mean, you got one of the greatest games about to be played in the history of sports. Not tonight's game, but just in, like the tradition of yeah, the Super yeah. Bowl. I mean, who's gonna watch? Red Zone Radio. <laughs> exactly. We got a chance to watch Patrick Mahomes put up 50 on the 49ers. Uh, I'm Tori, your host, Tori Bowling, tonight. Uh, well, actually, it's today. Um, and then I got my buddies, Matthew Hargrove, Ryan Gooden, and my producer, Kaden Gaylord, over there. Guys, are you ready for the game tonight? Oh, I'm I'm pumped. I got, I got a few um, wagers on this game that – it's gonna get me out of my seat when I when I. Get I have never like put money down on like sports, but um, I got a three dollar bet on the Chiefs tonight and a two dollar bet on Patrick Mahomes to have Super Bowl MVP. So I thought, hey, like it's fun, you know why not? I just can't wait to see Patrick Mahomes go up against that Niners defense. Yeah, that, it's that's gonna be that's definitely the match fun to watch. Night. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the Super Bowl uh, later in the show. Uh, but first, uh, some WK basketball. Uh, they dropped both of their games this week to. Uh, Florida teams, uh, some a Florida international team and a Florida Atlantic University team. Um, on Thursday, they fell. Let's see, I got the score. They fell right to here. FAU Thursday. Yeah, it was FAU uh, sixty-nine to sixty-five. Um, WKU got out rebounded by eight in this game. Uh, they shot twenty-two percent from three, forty percent from the floor. Uh, Josh Anderson was their leading scorer with 20 points, and you're probably not going to win a ton of games with Josh Anderson as your leading scorer. So, Ryan, what do you think of the game? I mean, you look at the the box score. You got, I mean, Jared Savage didn't play bad. He just didn't shoot a lot. Um, Hollingsworth had a, a decent game. He's been on a tear lately. But I, the one that sticks out to me is Carson Williams. He went two for eight, zero oh for two from three, six points, six rebounds. As your, that's your biggest guy on the floor. That's not going to cut it. Um, but and it's not like we didn't have people like they didn't have a, a best score that we had to stop. They just they fell short. Um, it's one of those you can't win every comeback game, and um, you saw that this week with both teams. Yep. Okay. This may sound this may sound very weak, but I think that fatigue is really setting in with these starters. Jared Savage played the entire game yesterday. And they got no production out of the bench. Josh Anderson played the least amount of minutes out of all the starters, and he still played 32 minutes. And nobody should really panic because they're just coming off a seven-game win streak. Yeah. And it's the way this college basketball season has been going, it's tough to win on the road this yeah, year. Yeah, and you had a Florida road trip where you played two straight road games, and even after dropping two games to teams that are below you in the standings, you're still only sitting a game back of first place. Definitely. I mean, you, you didn't really hurt yourself that much this week. But I agree with you, Matthew. Fatigue has to be setting in. But, like, if that's the case, then why is uh, Cameron Justice only getting 11 minutes in that FAU game? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I would, I would still believe that he's not fully healthy. Uh, yep. some, yeah, something's there because Cam Justice is – 
vitally important for this squad, especially if he's going to come off the bench. Well, yeah, because if you, if you play him 11 minutes, you basically have five guys that can play. That's it. Because yeah. you need that sixth guy, either Josh or Cam Justice, coming off the bench um, to give some of those starters a rest. But, I mean, you got Isaiah, Coz- Isaiah Cozart and Gambrel. They played 10 minutes combined. And they basically, yeah, that's nothing. And, that's and, they, and they gave you nothing in the FAU game. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. They gave you zero points, <laughs> over one from the floor. Yeah, one shot. Two rebounds and a foul. <laughs> that that's just uh, like you're getting nothing from your bench as outside of Cameron Justice and I mean he that this particular game he was 0 for 3 from the floor it was zero points so you literally got zero bench points yeah and it hurts worse because you got Jordan Rawls in there and he's had a great season but he's still inconsistent yeah so you you can't count on him every game to put up you know 13 15 points he's he's gonna have those games where like he did yesterday, three for nine. What was it? Three for nine with – I think maybe he got just a little over ten points. Eight points. Eight, point, eight points. So he didn't even get over ten points. Right. So you're still going to get the inconsistency for Jordan Rawls, so you can't count on having all five starters playing well each game. Well, my biggest thing from the FAU game is there was seven total assists on our team that entire game. Jordan Rawls had one. Our starting point guard had one assist. I mean, I don't know if this is just iso ball with Tavion getting the ball and going, but you're not going to win like that no matter who you play. My big thing is, you know, I've noticed over the past few games, it's like their three-point defense hasn't been that great. I mean, if you get beat by plus plus 18 on at the three-point line, you're going to lose that game. They only lost by four points. If they just played better three-point defense, they would have won this game easily. Well, not only three-point defense, if you're not getting any Brent's production – you're not out rebounding the other team. You better hit threes, and if you only go four for eighteen, it's just not a recipe for success. I mean, this team has this team has one way to win basically right now. It's you got to hit threes and you got to play good defense because you're not going to out rebound teams, and you're getting zero bench production. So that's the only way you can win games right now. Yeah, and I think I think Stansbury knows that, and I'm I'm hoping that. He'll he knows he's got six players basically max, so you got to start playing some zone. But like especially that one three one, I don't know if teams are figuring it out or or what. But he's kind of went away from that, especially if you have Josh at the top. Like that's the best defense you can have right now because their two three is awful. And like, actually, if you're I, a three point shooting team, they're gonna hit th- they're gonna hit shots. So. Yeah, definitely. And actually, I, I said seven game win streak. They're actually on a five game win streak, but they won seven of their last eight. But no, this year, go. it feels like seven because that's how college basketball goes. Yeah, but we're talking about all the negatives, and I don't know if it's the Western fan in me, but I want to go back to the positives. They're sitting third in Conference USA yeah. right now without Charles Bassey. Do you think? that Western Kentucky basketball would be sitting in this position. Yeah, you didn't get one conference game out of Charles Bassey. No, not a single one. And then, yeah, they got, again, seven out of eight. But if you take Charles off this roster at the very beginning of the year, say he left last year, I still think we were the favorites, like, for this year in the conference. Maybe, yeah. Like, we, I think we all kind of joked at the beginning of the year, well, I mean, if Bassey here gets hurt, they're screwed. Because, I mean, look at the – I mean, you know, Cozart's definitely not ready to play. Carson right. Williams would be your biggest man. But, like, honestly, they it's not been that bad. Um, with, with all things considered, I mean, the potential first-round draft pick, you're losing the uh, con- conference player of the year from last year or the newcomer of the year. Like all things considered, Matthew, I think you're right. Like they're they're in a really good spot. It's just, you know, 
can't can't hold up because fatigue is really setting in with this team. I think. I mean, you got zero points, two straight games out of the bench, and I just don't know how long this success, like whatever you call it, can sustain. Especially when they get into the tier play, yeah. Because then the stars are really going to have to be playing because the full they're game. They're in that top tier. Yeah. So Charles Bassey. Yeah, I agree with you. Western maybe, arguably, would still have been the favorites last year even if they didn't have Bassey. But Bassey just takes the team over the top. They make Western, they take Western from a good team to a great team. So maybe nobody is surprised that Western is playing this well. But I guess with Charles Bassey, you expect them to be a great team. And now the, the expectations are definitely lowered. Well, I mean, in this F- FIU game, the one yesterday played, Cam Justice didn't play at all. So he's got I, – I believe that he's hurt still. Um, but we need him to come back sooner, sooner rather than later because that means we played five people basically because Jeremiah Gambrell went 0 for 2 with 12 minutes and a rebound. That's, that is – you might as well not be out there. Yeah. yeah, and looking forward to this week, this is kind of a make-or-break week for WKU because you got La Tech at home who's first in the conference right now uh, tied with North Texas. And then you got a not very good Southern Miss team. So, specifically the La Tech game, because I mean, I I, I don't think we're as worried about that uh, Southern Miss game. Well, what like what do you guys see that needs to happen for? I mean, it's a it's a blackout. Crowd's gonna be going crazy. Still, I mean, we don't really know the status of Cam Justice. Like, what what do y'all see is the keys to winning this game? Well, I mean, like you said, it's gonna be it's a blackout game. Diddle's gonna be insane that day. I feel like. Um, and right now, I mean, we're, we have a 50.3%. Like, it's it's right down the middle of who's going to win this game. Um, I'd say my my biggest guy is, is Rawls. If Rawls plays well, I feel like we can win this game easily. If he struggles again like he has this kind of past week, then um, it'll be a struggle and probably have to come back like usual. At this point in the season, maybe maybe you could say throughout the entire season you needed this. But all five starters need to be scoring in the double digits yeah. for this team to win. Because obviously there's no bench. And even when they're out there even getting, you know, 12 minutes a game, they're only putting up one, one shot. So all five starters. And Cam Justice is the key. If he can get rolling, make a couple threes, maybe, you know, maybe three or four, that would be superb. Because then that opens up the offense, maybe gets Tavion, you know, some yeah. ISO game since they've been going with that a lot. And LaTeX doesn't really have that guy that you're worried about, you know, because that's, you know, kind of been uh, something we've hit on um, is like WKU like always gives up that big game to that one guy. But LaTeX has six guys that average at least eight points a game. So you're not really worried about like that one guy. But this might be a, a big uh, Carson Williams game because they don't really have – that big inside presence besides um, uh, Mar- M- Mabarak Muhammad. Good enough. Uh, he averages eight points and eight rebounds a game. So, uh, you know, besides him, you know, they're kind of weak on their front court as well. So maybe this is a game that WK matches up pretty well. Yeah, and he's not a big dude. He's not, you know, 6'9", yeah. 6'10". He's 6'7", and Carson is 6'5". Yeah. And Carson this season has struggled with guys at 6'9", 6'10". But, you know, these guys are about the same height of him. He bullies them. He bully balls them. We saw that in the beginning of the season. So it's a very favorable 
favorable matchup for Carson Wentz. And I would love to see him just go off, you know, for 2025. I feel like we haven't seen Carson Williams go off, like, again, since he was booing ball people in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and La Tech's coming in winning their last four. So they're on a roll right now. So it'll be interesting to see um, if WKU can put a stop to them. Yeah, they get four days off uh, between Saturday and uh, Thursday. So I get, that might be five days. Man, I don't know. Um, and so that game will be 8 o'clock on Thursday night um, at Diddle Arena. Like we said, blackout games should be a raucous environment. Uh, we'll get that pick here in a little bit. Uh, the women's team, uh, they had a kind of a the complete opposite result of the men's team. They beat Ford Atlantic and FIU. Um, they are now sitting three games back of first place in Conference USA. Guys, you know, good week for the women. So, Raneem El-Jadawi is probably the most underrated basketball player at Western Kentucky University. For sure. Quietly, Thursday night, she drops a 28-18. and 18. 28 points, 18 rebounds. She had the first 13 points of the night for the, for the Lady Toppers. It was... It was just so fun to watch, and she's so her post move. You know, it's not it's not really pretty to watch. It's not smooth, but it's crafty, and the ball just finds uh, it just goes in the hole. Hey, not only did she have twenty eight and eighteen, but only like twenty eight minutes. I mean, if you're getting twenty eight and eighteen, like you know, you're thinking, okay, she played thirty six, forty minutes. I know, no, like twenty eight minutes. Like, like how impressive? Yeah, and I. I've been harping on D. Givens. I, I definitely harped on her a lot last year, but she's really coming into her own. She dropped, uh, I believe, 25 points Thursday night, but she does it so quietly. When I was watching the game, I started counting Raneem's buckets because I noticed that she had the first 13 points of the night. But then by the third quarter, I looked at the I looked at the stat sheet, and D was right there with her in points, and I didn't even I didn't yeah. feel like she was up there with her. So. Yeah, D's really coming into her own, and with Raneem playing that way, they're just unstoppable. Well, one thing you talked about last year about D Givens was that she didn't shoot enough. She's the best player on the team, arguably between her and Raneem. And uh, she's she's shooting a lot. Yeah, now. She's shooting a lot now, so you can't. I mean, you take the good with the bad. And Thursday night wasn't a great night shooting, but she still put up twenty five. Um, and then Saturday, I believe she had twenty one. Twenty one. Uh, Renee, Renee at twenty one. Oh, Renee at twenty one. Yeah, and then uh, D. Givens had nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. But she went seven for thirteen, which is a lot better than, you know, three for twelve from three, like like Thursday's game. And now, really, you're only getting scoring from Givens and Elja Dawi because I mean, you got twenty one nineteen on Saturday, and then you're getting a little bit from Whitney Creech. But besides that, I mean, those are your only two options mainly. Yeah, on but I mean, if they're doing it and it works, it I mean, works. Keep feeding them the ball. Now, they diff. They were different this week in how they played, but their roster makeup is the same because the Lady Toppers have no bench. It's all the starters. If the starters aren't playing well, it's a wrap. They're going to lose. I mean, they're throwing in a little Skinner, a little ex Alexis Brewer, but besides that, I mean, you're not really getting Yeah, you're not getting any production, really. Um, and Alexis Brewer, I just really wish she would get going. Yeah. Um, Coming from West Virginia, I know she's been banged up her entire college career, but she's just got a she's got a great three point shot. And if you can really get her going off the bench, that could be the key to taking this team over the top and win the Conference USA tournament. And speaking of three point shot, real quick, I mean, Raneem knocked one down on Saturday. 
I mean, that's uh, you, you that's want, you rare. Want to, you want to talk about a scary side? I mean, if she if yeah. she's if she's knocking out three, it's it's kind of like Giannis. Yeah. If, if she's scoring in the paint, she's it's scoring over. for three. It's over. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're gonna talk about the rest of college basketball this weekend. Um, I said last week that we're starting to gain a sense of who's good and who's not. Um, that went out the window. So, uh, we'll talk about that when we come back on Red Zone Radio on Revolution ninety one seven. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the red zone right here on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I'm your host, Tori Bowling, alongside Matthew Hargrove and Ryan Good, our producer, Peyton Gaylord, uh, here on Super Bowl Sunday, getting you ready for the action tonight. Uh, first, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, college basketball. It was a crazy day. I, I teased before, um, before this segment that last week I said, you know, College basketball has been crazy this year. We don't really know who's good, but I feel like we're starting to figure it out. Well, that went exactly the opposite of how I planned as um, a few top uh, 25 teams lost yesterday. Uh, Kentucky fell to Auburn uh, 75-66. Xavier beat Seton Hall 74-62. Creighton beat Villanova 76-61. Uh, you got Michigan State dropping a game to Wisconsin. You have um, Butler losing. You have Gonzaga almost losing to San Francisco. Um, and then Oregon lost to Stanford and uh, a couple more games down the stretch. I mean, uh, guys, I think that this might be – I mean, we've said it before, but the NCAA tournament is going to be literally impossible to map out. More so than ever. I mean, you'll have people that, that don't know – didn't watch a single college basketball game, and they'll probably get more right than all three of us Absolutely. combined. Um, I'm, it's just shocking. I mean, Kansas almost lost to Sy- – or no, wait, I'm sorry. Kansas almost lost to Texas Tech at home. Uh, they only won by three, so it's just Baylor seems to be the only team that is taking care of who they're supposed to take care of so far. And like we said last week, couldn't name a single player on Baylor's Baylor's roster. So, which could be, end up being dangerous because when they get oh, in the yeah. tournament, you you start thinking, <laughs> oh, Baylor Baylor's due. But then you, but then, then you're you like, start, who are these dudes? Yeah, like, are they good? Like, yeah. Like, and yeah. then you start filling out your bracket, yeah. and you're like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. And then the hope goes away after the first game and a, a pick that you someone you pick will probably lose. But, yeah, this college basketball season has been crazy. I, I don't know if you mentioned these other games, but Wichita State, number 23, yeah. lost to Tulsa. You got um, – Well, did, did, uh, Tulsa went on a buzzer beater in that game. Yeah. Yeah, went at the buzzer. Yeah, and then uh, Michigan beat number 25, Rutgers. Michigan State, who I think has been the most disappointing team in college basketball this season, they lost to Wisconsin. But – no Big Ten team can win on the road this year. Yeah. That's just been consistent. That's probably the only consistent thing that's happened in college basketball this season. And then I'm an Oregon fan, as you guys all know. So I saw Villanova and I saw Seton Hall. Seton Hall, thank you. Seton Hall lose. So I was getting giddy and I was hoping that Auburn was going to win. I was like, oh, the Ducks are going to crack the top ten, but they lost and Peyton Pritchard didn't play well. So just nothing happened like it was supposed to yesterday. Well, I mean, in yesterday's games alone, nine top 25 teams lost. Also, uh, sorry, sorry, Ryan, San Diego State lost as well, and that was their first loss of the season. No, San Diego State won. Yeah, San Diego State won. They okay, beat. excuse me. Okay, I, le- I looked at it wrong. I yeah, looked at it wrong. Who is number four right now, by the way, if we can take a moment? <laughs> um, I like it. I was actually looking at like, um, uh Gonzaga and San Diego State. Gonzaga's four and zero in quad one games, and um, and San Diego State is four and zero. So, 
I mean, they're beating good teams and they're winning the games they're supposed to. I mean, I'm not saying San Diego State's going to Final Four or anything, but I mean, I think they are a team that you can take a little bit seriously. Yeah, and a lot of people, I would say, would argue that San Diego State doesn't belong in the top four because of the conference and nobody believes in the mid-major school yeah. getting into the top. They see a mid-major and they're like, oh, well, that won't last long. But you got to give them the number four spot because in their defense, even if they haven't really played anybody, they're beating the teams they're supposed to. So you got to reward them for that. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that have cr- t- cracked the top 25 that haven't beat the teams they're yeah. supposed to. I mean, and, and you look at some of these teams, I mean, most of these teams are really in the top 25 just because they have one player. I mean, you see Dayton and Obi Toppin is going to be a you know first-team All-American, but, I mean, I couldn't name another player on Dayton besides Obi Toppin. Um, Seton Hall, they got nine points out of uh, Miles Powell yesterday. They That's lost. They lost yeah. uh, Peyton Pritchard played awful yesterday for Oregon. They lost. I mean, th- there's a lot of teams that, and, and you know, UK didn't get anything on Nick Richards. They lost. Like, it, it's a tournament where, like, if one player doesn't show up, you know, the whole bracket could just go out the toilet. And that's why I said last week that Florida's a team that would scare me in the tournament because they have people. They have dudes, yeah. That, that, like, they haven't produced yet, but if they ever get it together and they start producing, they could um, – they got f- – four or five guys that could easily um, drop 20 th- that night. But um, I think it's also a shame that Charles Bassey is out this year considering how crazy this college basketball season is because you never know. Western maybe gets like an 11 or 12 seed and yep. then goes on a Cinderella run. Yeah, I wouldn't really want to be that guy, but like I really think WKU could have made a run. Yeah, because – if we're going to consider the fatigue, maybe Western does win the Conference USA tournament. But by that time, there I mean, the amount of, again, the amount of play their stars are going to have to go through. Yeah. I just don't know if they will have the energy to even make it to the Sweet 16 if they get hot. My thing about the season is I feel like the narrative around the season is more about the referees than anything else. I see more referee talk than – a lot of things. I mean, Auburn shot 44 free throws yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I was telling Ryan, like, I think Kentucky was going to lose that game regardless, but oh my gosh, they were – like, it's – I watched that Kentucky-Auburn game, and then I watched the 76ers-Celtics, and, like, it's just so much better. Like, the officials – and even, like, in the in the ACC, I mean, you had Duke and Syracuse. Like, it was so much better. I think specifically it's SEC refs. I mean, I don't know how much you've watched SEC basketball. But you can go down the paint, and a guy lays a fingernail on you, and it's a whistle every time down the court. It's it's just terrible. It's weird. They don't let them play. And I mean, you see Auburn shooting forty four free throws, and you're like, oh well, they must have they must have drove a lot and, and got a lot of contact. They shot like twenty five threes. Yeah. How? Uh, how does that, yeah. How yeah, does that happen? There wasn't that many uh, three point shots that got that were fouls. So you're telling me that, and Hagen's fouled out with four minutes left in the in the second half. Which I mean, he's known for being uh, up in like he's going to get in you. And yeah, he's going to make you uncomfortable. But he, he's not allowed to do that anymore. I so. thought it was interesting. The WKU women's basketball game on Thursday, they let those girls play. Like, it was it was really physical. The guy next to me asked, "Man, does this team have any uh, any history with each other?" And I told him, "Not that I know. <laughs> yeah. They're just the rest are letting them play." Um, Everyone loves that style, and the ref, the ref talk. That's going to happen every year. Yeah, but there's there's just no answer to it. You can't do anything about it. 
we've talked about this before. We especially talked about it last year over the pass interference call in the Rams-Saints game. And I've always thought that refs should have post-game press conferences and have to answer for the calls that they make. Yep. And I've, not, I've never understood why players get fined so much for talking bad about refs. But it's, it, that stuff, all that ref talk is just never going to change. Yeah, I don't know why we act like – well, I mean, well, I say we. I don't know why the like organizations like or the the leagues like the NFL or, or you know the NCAA act like refs are like kings, like that you can't talk about it, you can't touch them. Like you, you had that dude just like shoulder check Rick Barnes this week, like he. Oh I, yeah, I saw that. I yeah. mean, stuff like that is just getting ridiculous. I think like for the most part, like I think like NBA refs are good. I think MLB umpires are really good. I think NFL uh, refs are good. But I think it's just... Now, did you see... I think for the most part. Did you see that they are... I I believe I read this right, but they're going to try out robot umps in spring training. I don't don't like that. I don't like that either. It takes the human element out of the Yeah, and I love the human element. Bad calls are what makes... What so makes like, like that's a part of baseball. Like that makes it fun. Like if you yeah. get a bad call, is the umpire just gonna or is the manager just gonna come out and like argue with the ump? He's like, man, I, I got told to call that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know. That. Like that. Like I love you know manager arguments and ejections. Like we're not gonna get that anymore if we just go automation with everything. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but going back to college basketball, may, uh, changing the subject a little bit, I want to ask you guys who you feel has been the player of the year, because coming in, a lot of people would say Cole Anthony's going to get it, but obviously he's been out for most of the year, and James White there's, no, there's no real, there's no one guy that's that's standing out this year. No, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I mean, you had Marcus Howard kind of going off a little bit. But Marquette hasn't been yeah. doing yeah, real well, not, and, like, and he's he's fell off since then. But. I mean, Cole Anthony's been good, but, I mean, he came back yesterday and they lost to Boston College. I yeah. Mean, like, there's just – I mean – Honestly, I would say it's been Miles Powell. I'm going to say it doesn't matter so much in college basketball about winning and that you're good to get the college player of the year. I mean, I think it, it helps. Because, like, the best player could be on a on the worst team. In college basketball, and I feel like you can still get I it. I mean, Buddy Heald won that one year. I mean, they went to the Final Four. Um, I mean, Jimmer Fredette won that one year, but like, I still feel like they were. Decent. It's it's the no. same. It's the same argument though for any sport because you get for baseball instance the Joe Joey Votto argument. There's years that maybe he should have won MVP, but the Reds were not good, and he was going up against what John Giancarlo yeah. Stan. The Marlins were in the playoff race, and some yeah. other guys. So. I I feel like it's one of those. Well, that's just that's just how the game that's just how the game is. If you're not on a good team, it's it's not your fault. But that's just that's just tough. I feel like this year nobody has consistently been good all season. Like there's been past season where you know you have Zion being good the whole season, people like that. But this year nobody either they've had a strong start to the season or they had a soft, uh, terrible start, and now they're picking up. Like Nick Richards, I'm not going to call him the player of the year, but he's obviously the SEC player of the year so far. You know, Emmanuel quickly has been stepping it up for the past two months or so. But I'm just saying, like, nobody has consistently been great the whole season. I guess if I had three names to throw out there, I would say Peyton Pritchard for Oregon. I, I think he's been in that conversation. I mean, if he wasn't on Oregon, Oregon wouldn't be in, like a good team at all. Yeah. Would you throw um, Obi in there? I would throw Obi Toppin in there. And – People are going to throw Anthony Edwards in there just because of his Anthony name. Anthony Edwards isn't the SEC player of the year, let alone player of the year. Like, like I, 
get that out of there. And I guess Miles Powell, but I mean, like, I don't know. Like, uh, it's probably going to be one of the weirder, you know, players of the year. I would say Miles Powell because, for one, the dude's averaging over 20 points per game. I love Miles Powell. He's, he's, he's so fun. He's great. He's great. He's, he's so, awesome. He's so fun. Um, but also, Seton Hall would be nowhere near the top 10 if Miles Powell was not on that team. He's a walking bucket. Yeah. So, if I had to pick, I'd give it to Miles Powell right now. I'd give it to, to Obi, Obi Toppin. I mean, you wouldn't even know about Dayton if he wasn't on that team. Um, but, like, you think of the top teams, you got Baylor and Gonzaga at one and two. Nobody even in no. that conversation for the for the player of the year, which and is like, it's just weird. You know, even though Toppin's had a good year, like, what percentage of just, like, average fans out there probably know his name? Right. I mean, unless you follow, like, NBA draft stock because he's yeah. like a top 10 pick now and before the season I didn't even know who he was and this may be the Oregon fan in me but if you want to give it to Peyton Pritchard everyone when the Heisman talk comes around everyone talks about well that guy needs a Heisman moment and Joe Burrow his Heisman moment was beating Alabama at Alabama and Peyton Pritchard has had those Heisman moments, those player of the year moments, especially when he hit the game winner in overtime against Washington, and then he had a bucket to tie the game against Arizona. And maybe just me saying it because I watch a lot of Oregon games, but I feel like Peyton Pritchard has had those moments where you're like, man, this dude is player of the year. Well, he had two in that Washington game. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a a player of the year moment. Yeah, definitely. he, He backed up. To 35 feet out just to hit a three. Yeah, he's from the logo. Like, you just you don't see that that confidence really in anybody. Yeah, and also I saw a tweet the other day. It said, man, Oregon, the state of Oregon right now has Peyton Pritchard, Sabrina Unescu, and Damian Lillard, probably the three best point guards in their respective, uh, you know, leagues. Yeah. Spo- yeah. yeah I was going to say sport, but, you know, they all play basketball. Yeah, you got some hoopers in Oregon. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some NBA All-Star snubs. And we didn't go over Ryan's rant, but I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be mad about someone, right? Yeah, I'll be yeah. there. Okay. Ryan will get your rant out about uh, Devin Booker. Uh, Should have made the All-Star team. So uh, we'll get to that when we come back on Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. We've been here uh, talking some WK basketball and some NCAA basketball. Now we're going to move on to the NBA. We're going to go one level higher. Uh, I'm here with uh, Matthew Hargrove, Ryan Gooden, and Kagan Gaylord. Um, guys, the NBA All-Star Reserves were announced this week, and safe to say there were some people who were a little unhappy about it. Um, notably, the two that I've seen people most unhappy about was the omission of Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. Um, Ryan would you like a word on that? I mean, not like this is this is awful. I mean, Bradley Beal, who is in the East, which is the weaker conference of the two, is putting up twenty seven what is it, Matthew? Twenty seven twenty eight, four and six. Twenty eight, four and six. And we have Kyle Lowry in there. Who is nineteen, four and seven. Please tell me why, and don't I give believe. me don't give me the uh, the Raptors are a two seed because in the NBA All Star game that doesn't matter because that's for the MVP vote. I'm so sick of this argument that like 
You get the okay. best players in the All-Star game, yeah. no matter how be- – I don't care if you haven't won a game. If the, you got a guy who's averaging – Trey Young is a starter, and the Hawks are the very bottom of the East. They're you the worst team. You and can't the, tell and me. They are the worst team, and the Golden State Warriors are still in the NBA <laughs> this year. The NBA All-Star game is for the best players in the league. I don't care I, like, I don't care about MVP stuff. Like You're right, Matthew. It's a completely different conversation, completely different argument. Bradley Beal should be in over – Chris freaking Middleton. Do the fans – so voting, they say – I'm confused on all the voting. They say the voting is 50% fans, and then – If that's the case, Taco Fall and Alex Caruso would have made the, the yeah. NBA All-Star game. I just they need they need to stop the fan voting. I re, I really do think that, or just make it a less percentage of how much really goes into who makes the All Star game. Because I was actually talking to Tori about this the other day about how MLB fan voting the what was it 2015 I believe yeah, like six Royals maybe. six Kansas City Royals were in the starting lineup. There is no way that should have happened. Maybe three. You know you got to throw in Salvador Perez in there, obviously, but. Six Kansas City Royals? That's insane. No I mean, you can be a good team without having all-stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and let's not act like Bradley Beal is the only one. Devin Booker is averaging. Like, they're the two that averaged 27 points or more and didn't make the all-star game in NBA history. I, I think one that really needs to be talked about, especially because it is in his home t- or not hometown, but in his playing city is Zach Levine. The dude's averaging 25 points per game. He's having arguably the best season of his career. Probably definitely the best season of his career. And it's in Chicago. You got to, if a Bulls player is averaging 25 points per game, you got to put him in the All-Star game. Right, and, and he's the best player on that Bulls team. And you have somebody like Chris Middleton, who is barely the second best player on a Bucks team that's only good because of Giannis. And he's... I mean, I would. If people always talk about who would you take out. Well, for Bradley Beal, I'm taking out Kyle Lowry, and for um, Zach Levine, I'm taking out Chris Middleton. And those are easy ones. I'm honestly with. I take out Ben Simmons to be honest with you. I get that. Oh no, no, get get that. That's for the out East, and the East is there. Why, why would you take out Ben Simmons? I he okay. He averaged 16, 7, and eight. That's fine. That's cool and all. But still, I if it wasn't for, for him, they wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. I mean, the team's just not good, period. There's no shooting at all. All they have is size. There's no spacing. I'm going to disagree with you. Ben Simmons has been really good. And for the West, I take out Donovan Mitchell. I would take out Brandon Egram. Yes. I, I would take out – there's four guys I would put out before Devin Booker. I would put Russell Westbrook out. I know he's been good, but I'd take Devin Booker over him this year. I would take out um, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Brandon Ingram. Don't disrespect Chris Paul like that. No, Chris, because Paul, Chris Paul specifically – uh, he leads the league in clutch points. He is the only reason that Thunder awesome team is I'm a contender. So, I'm so happy for him. But Devin Booker is the only player. Like, okay, there's been like five players in NBA history to average like 27 points and six assists on 60% true shooting percentage. Do you, do you want to know those players, Matthew? Do you want me to enlighten you on those? Uh, please. One of those is um, a guy named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. The other is uh, LeBron Raymond James. I think I've heard uh, there's name. another one uh, named Oscar Robertson. And, uh, you don't know his middle name? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know his, I don't know his middle name. And then there's one more by the name of Larry Legend Bird, okay? Okay, there we go. And then Devin Booker. And he's not an all-star game. And you're, and you're telling me Chris Paul. I'm saying Chris Paul. No, no, I'm not saying Chris Paul deserves it over Booker. I'm just saying you should. there's more people that could be taken out before Chris Paul. 
on the Western team. I, I would take out Donovan Mitchell and Russ and Brandon Ingram before I take out Chris Paul. I would definitely not have Rudy Gobert <laughs> in the NBA All-Star game. And he cried himself. He cried he him, himself into the All-Star he because last year when he didn't make it in his press conference or his interview about it, he started crying. And I hope he's so happy now that he made it. There is no way that Rudy Gobert should be in the All-Star game. And I think there's a little sympathy for him from last year. And the Jazz have been playing so well this year. They went on, they've been hot. They've been one of the hottest teams in the NBA that – Obviously, the way that they went about All-Star Game voting was we're, we're going to give an edge to the teams that are playing better. So that's why the Jazz got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I like Donovan Mitchell, but Rudy Gobert, no I, I, I'm just, I'm way. I'm just so unhappy about these rosters because I'm going to be looking out there and you're going to have DeMontis Sabonis out there. I like Sabonis, but come on. I, this I'm is the, the NBA All-Star, All-Star Game. game. I, I like, don't want this guy out there. I don't want... Friggin and there's three three Kentucky Rudy Gobert out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him. I don't want Brandon Ingram. There's three Kentucky boys here, Kentucky fans. Nobody Bam like Bam Adebayo is not a I, caliber All Star for I, this. I, he I, he deserved it this I, year. I, I, ain't gonna lie. I kind of side with Bam. He's been amazing. He's been high. he's been great. But he's the second best player on a Heat team that has Jimmy Butler on it. That's they're all right, but they're not going to go anywhere. And he's not averaging crazy amount of points. I'm just saying, he's also in that conversation with DeMontis Sabonis. I would also like to say, I don't think Kawhi Leonard should be an all-star. Well, then we're getting to people. That's why you have people like Sabonis in there is because KD's not playing, Kyrie's not playing. Um, would you like to retract that statement Nope, because he hasn't played that much this season. He's been, mean, okay, in, he's been say, in the club say, taking off people, back-to-backs. People say that, in that he's club. not been playing that much. But, like, in reality, he's only missed, like, 10 games. I mean, if you're going to have – Pascal Siakam in there. Siakam's missed more games than Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. Fair. That's yeah, fair. fair. That's exactly. Fair. So like, that's fair. Get, actually, get off Kawhi. He actually I'm not got injured though. I'm not, do what? He actually got injured though. I mean, Kawhi's actually been hurt. But don't then don't tell the whole world that you're not hurt. But you're really Embiid's been hurt. Um, I mean, there's been guys that have been hurt. That, I mean, no, get off Kawhi. <laughs> that's not acceptable. But anyway. So when we come back, uh, we're going to talk uh, some Super Bowl finally. Um, we're going to preview the game uh, before uh, the 5.30 kickoff tonight. So uh, keep on listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Welcome to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Here alongside Matthew Hargrove, Ryan Good, and Gaylord. I am your host, Corey Bowling, today. Uh, now we're going to talk about the game of the week, the game of the century, the game of eternity, the Super Bowl. Uh, we got the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, guys, what are you looking forward to tonight? I'm looking forward to – I'm actually – this is the main thing I wanted to see in this game is can Patrick Mahomes stay afloat? Because that, that 49ers defensive line is one of the best I've ever seen. Like just four guys rushing the pasture, four against five, and they're going to get pressure every time. So if he can either get the ball out quickly or get out of the pocket like he usually does and stay afloat, um, I think they have a good chance. But, I mean, that offensive line is going to have a, their work cut out for him today. So those San Francisco teams may be having the same game plan. So the Niners basically took a year off last week because, you know, you had, you had Jimmy G who got her third game of the season. They end up not having a good year. And they find themselves getting 
Bosa. Nicky Bosa. Yes, Nick Bosa. The Warriors, <laughs> who are in the same town, are taking a year off, and they're probably going to get the number one or number two pick in the draft, and then they'll be right back in the NBA Finals the next year. Yep. So it's, it is crazy. That, that defense getting Nick Bosa, the Niners are scary. You got DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Richard Sherman has been absolutely balling. And it's so weird. It still is weird seeing him in a Niners uniform. To win a Super Bowl with the, with the Seahawks and the Niners, that's like, honestly, it's like someone winning a World Series with the Red Sox and then the Yankees. And then the Yankees. That's how big of a rivalry the Niners and the Seahawks are. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he's he's now every single playoff game he's played, even in that Patriots game. He's been great. He's been great. But has has he faced a defense as good as this one? I don't think Was so. that Patriots defense as good as the Niners defense Last this year? No, not even close. Not even close. The Niners don't have a weakness on defense. They're they don't. Like, there's not one. There's the pass some, rush is just scary. Pass rush is scary. They have a middle linebacker and Fred Warner, who's who's amazing. He covers the field every side. You have Richard Sermon as your corner. Um, their safeties are okay, but I mean, the way that I guess if there's a if there's a weapon to to beat the 49ers, and it, it's speed because Richard Sherman's not fast. He's not going to guard Tyreek every play because he plays one side. So if they're going to play. Uh, cover two, which is the safety's going to drop back every time, which leaves Travis Kelsey. So somebody's going to have to drag Travis Kelsey. And I, th- I think it's going to be Fred Warner. That's, that's the thing about why you said they had no weakness. I feel like in this specific thing, the game they have a weakness because the Chiefs have so many weapons that they can use. And if the 49ers play zone, you know, like you said, they're going to pass to Travis Kelsey the whole time. Yeah, Travis They Kelsey's play man, Tyree's going to blow past everybody. So – you know, it'll be interesting to see what their game plan but is. But that's a to... weakness for every team against the yeah. Chiefs. So it's not like the 49ers, I mean, it really comes down to their offense. And can the Chiefs stop the run? Because that's all the 49ers that, can do. That was my. That was going to be my thing. I mean, the Chiefs played well against um, the Titans, and they, they were able to hold Derrick Henry down. But, I mean, was there, there wasn't as big of a threat to do anything else yeah. besides Derrick Henry run up the middle. The 49ers, I mean, even though Jimmy G isn't Patrick Mahomes, like, they do different things with their offense. I mean, they, they use that little Furchick guy. Uh, their, uh, use check? Yes, the um, – Fullback? The fullback, yeah. yeah. They, they use him in different things. Like, uh, you know, they can get um, – who's the South Carolina wide? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. They can get Debo Samuel out and do some weird things. like that. And Emmanuel I, Sanders I mean, was yeah. a huge pick. I mean, I love them. their offense. George like, Kittle. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, we had the, the two best tight ends in the league. Yeah, two, yeah right definitely. Yeah, even though, um, like, you know – Garoppolo isn't what you necessarily would want out of a Super Bowl quarterback. I mean, I think they're the way they use their offense and the weapons they have, I think will make up for that. And can the Chiefs stop that? Well, and that's the thing. Well, Kyle Shanahan's a wizard when it comes to offense. I mean, he'll run the ball 40 times down your throat, and then he'll do it the 41st time. Like, you expect a pass to come somewhat, and he never does. And he finds a way just to get Debo Samuel a run or a wide receiver. Or, or Manny Sanders will throw a pass for no reason. Like, it's just his – Offensive mind is insane, but the Chiefs, I cannot stress this enough, cannot fall behind to the San Fran team. They've they've come out to slow starts in both of their playoff games this year. If they do that at all, if they go down 10-0, 7-0, not, obviously not 7-0, but like 10-0, 14-0, 
it's over. Like there's yeah, no because way. the the teams that they they fell behind, the Texans, they never get it done in the playoffs, and the Titans, yeah, they were on a Cinderella run, but it's been a while since they they've been in the AFC Championship right. chip game. Hold Go on, ahead, Caden. Let's relax here. Let's not act like they're not the best offense in the league. They scored 28 points in what three to five minutes against so the Texans. You, okay, but still, the fact that they did that, who else is going to do that? I'm just saying you can't count a team out just because if they go down 14. I'm not counting them out, but this is the last team you want to have a bad start against. I, I agree. They will, but I'm just saying they you will got run it 40 times. You got Pat Mahomes and you got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey and you got the running back. I, I think it's Damian Williams. I forgot his name. Yeah. They they have so many weapons that they can use, and you know they have Nicole Hardman on the kickoff returns and everything like that. There's so many options that this team has to. You can't say that if they go down 14-0 or 21-0 that they can't come back into the game. But That's who all I'm that, saying. Who in that defense is going to stop the 49? Like the 49. The best safety in the league. To, the the, uh, run the game? honey badger. Oh, the run game. The run game. Say you go down 14-0 and you're the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is not – he's seen the ball four times the rest of the and game. And it's different if you fall behind this game because, I mean, the Texans didn't really have the run game that you need to put it away. Even though the Titans had a good run game, it's really all they had. So they were kind of one-dimensional. I mean, even, I like Ryan Tannehill, but, I mean, they weren't going to put the Chiefs away. No, I think it's good. And then – but, like, this one, like, it's different because if you fall behind, the running game is legit. George Kittle is the best blocking tight end in the league. Uh, like, I think it'll just be really hard to come back against a San Francisco team. Not to mention, you know, it's not the easiest defense to come back against. Well, Jimmy G is going to really have to show out if that Chiefs defense yeah. gets going because the Chiefs did, in the second half, stop Derrick Henry – so, if they're stopping Monster, because we all know what he did against the Packers, and Jimmy G didn't even have to throw for, he didn't even throw over 100 yards, but he didn't have to. If if my running back, if I'm a coach and my running back keeps, you know, running for 200 yards, yeah, I'm not going to pass the ball. because yeah, a bad run for Derrick Henry is three yards, which is a good run for everybody else, because yep. he'll fall forward no matter where you go. So, but my biggest thing is, if Chris Jones is the biggest key, because he's, He's the best player on that defensive line for the Chiefs. If he plays all game, because against the Titans, he played every third down. And he didn't play at all against the Texans. Yeah. Um, so if he's healthy for this whole game and he plays the entire game, I feel like they have a decent shot. And I, like, I, Even though I like the Niners defense like, and I like Aaron Rodgers, he's not the same animal as Patrick Mahomes is right now. And they don't have the same weapons. And like, I just don't see them being able to dominate like they were against the Packers. I think it's going to be a real good game. I, do, I haven't – yeah. I, I don't know – like – the score. That's what I'm worried about. Do, is it going to be a high-scoring game, or is it going to be like a? I say it'll be in it'll be in the middle. Are we doing our score prediction, or are we going to save that for the last? Yeah, segment? yeah. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get to uh, Pickums right now if you want to. Uh, I, I after the break. Oh yeah, that right, uh, that's cool with me. That's right, cool with that me. Sounds good. All right, so uh, we'll come back uh, with our, with our Pickums. We got some uh, cool Super Bowl props uh, on Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports. You're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on We've got to get some Super Bowl uh, props for you, kind of our pick'ems. Um, but first, uh, our first pick'em will be WKU versus LaTeX Thursday night, eight o'clock blackout game. Who you guys got? I will be in the front row of that student section, going insane the entire game. Uh, so I'll be t- I'll take WKU. Yeah, I'm going to go with Western. Obviously, we know they had a tough week, but they were playing well before. Being back at Diddle, hostile environment, I'm going to take the tops. Okay. 
I will also be in the front row with you, Ryan, just on the other side. But I'm going to have to take La Tech, man. I will take WKU just because it's so hard to come in and diddle when, the thing, when it's crazy. Like, I mean, you got Power 5 teams coming in and take some L's. So I'm going to take WKU. All right, so to the Super Bowl props, da-da-da, will the coin toss be heads or tails? Ryan. I'm a tails guy. Yeah, tail, tails, tails never fails. Tails never exactly. fails. Tails never fails. I'm going to go heads. All right. I, I have a good feeling about heads. Um, will the national anthem be over under two minutes and four seconds? Demi Lovato is singing. Ron. Uh, it'll be over by about a minute and a half. Okay, yeah. not, not really, but like <laughs> yeah, it'll, but, be, it'll uh, definitely be over two. Or yeah, four. Demi's going to go over. Okay. She could take as long as she needs. I always wanted to marry Demi Lovato, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to em- embrace the moment and just be happy as long as I can. So you but, hope it's over. Like, so you can see her more. You, you, uh, That's noted. Caden loves Demi Lovato. <laughs> yes. We have the same birthday. Since Camp Rock. <laughs> Since Camp Rock. I'm going to go under. I, I think she's going to get straight to the point. Okay. You know, national anthem. <laughs> All right. Uh, who will be the Super Bowl MVP, Ryan? Um, yikes. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. <sighs> um, I'm going to say... That Jimmy G shocks the world tonight. I'm gonna go with Jimmy G. Jimmy G shocks the world. That, that would be like the fifth option on the 49ers. <laughs> 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 right, uh, I'm going with my homeboy. So, like, I want to pick someone other than Mahomes because, like, uh, like obviously I'll pick in a minute. I think the Chiefs are gonna win, but like, I just don't see if the Chiefs win, I don't see anybody else but Mahomes win MVP. Well, I mean, you, either him or Hill. I would say it would or, be him say or, Kelsey. Or, or maybe like Nicole Hardman returns two kicks or something. It's crazy. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Patrick Mahomes. What color will the Gatorade be? For which side? <laughs> uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it'll be blue, red, purple. Here, let me give you the options real quick. It's definitely orange most times, I feel like. Uh, there were also, there's, you can also See, bet I feel on like what, it's blue. <laughs> okay, so the options are lime green or like yellow, you know, lemon. Yeah. Uh, you know, yellow Gatorade. Orange, red, will it be water or will it be nah, blue? I want <laughs> water. Water. <laughs> or will it be blue? Yeah, red. I'm gonna stick with red. Go red. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with blue. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna change mine to blue since there's no purple. I'm gonna go orange. Okay. That's, that's yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go orange. Like You're just a lone wolf in all these. <laughs> I know. I, I, no, this one I really do feel like it's gonna be orange. Um, all right. Who will be the first coach mentioned on TV after kickoff? Andy Reid and, or Kyle Shanahan? Andy Reid, because you know he's getting back to the Super Bowl. That's all they're gonna talk about. I, I do think it's Andy Reid, and I think the the whole first five minutes will be about. Can he finally get the last – can he get it done? Because he's never won a Super Bowl. Yep. He's, that's what he's known for is choking the playoffs. Can he get it done? I'm just going to say Niners win the coin toss getting tails, and then they'll start talking about that Shanahan offense. So. I agree with you. I, I th- that, not only that, they'll show his dad upstairs because they have d- done that every single game. Oh, uh, yeah. Mike so. Shanahan, is that his name? Yes. I think it uh, – I think it – just depends on who yeah, gets the it, ball it, first. I, I think whoever gets the I ball don't, first. I see. Yeah, I don't. I think even if the 49ers, I still think they'll they'll talk about okay. Andy Reid. I'm interested now. Like I'm really, <laughs> yeah. I'm really good. <laughs> we're, we're not going to watch we're, the well, game. Me and we're Ryan are having people over at our apartment, and I'm just going to be. I'm going to be like, everyone, just <laughs> be quiet, be quiet. Um, who will have more catches in the game, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? Travis Kelsey by about five catches. I agree. Travis Kelsey is more involved with the offensive pass game, so Plus, that's, that's yeah, easy. Yeah, Plus well, the Mahomes pass. is going to be slinging it. Yeah, tonight. I think this is kind of an easy pick. I think it's going to be Kelsey. Will Patrick Mahomes throw two touchdowns in a single quarter? 
I mean, why not say yes? Yeah, and, like they go off in the second quarter every single game. Yeah. So I'm going to go yes. I'm yeah, gonna. I'll go yes. I, I'll say he'll get two touchdowns, but I feel like one will be a pass and one will be a run. Okay. Okay. Right. He has been running. I'm going to say well. I'm gonna say no on this one. I mean, yeah, it is pretty tough. I mean, especially with that but, Niners defense. Not, the way the these really are him. just like the March Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, anything can happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, most of all, who will win tonight, the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers? Who do I want to win or who do I think will win? Who do you think will different. Win? Who do you think will win? Sadly, I, I think the uh, I think the 49ers are going to win the night. So you want the Chiefs to win? I, I am hoping. Okay. Yep. Well, uh, my mom's side of the family is from San Francisco, so I want the Niners to win, but I also think the Niners are going to win 28-24. I'm going to say it's uh, 31-27. Okay. See, that, that, my score is uh, Chiefs 31-24. I don't think that you can beat the Chiefs unless you put up 30 points. And so I'm going to say the Chiefs will win 34 to 23. I think it'll be a good game. I, I think this will probably be one of the better Super Bowl. I mean, I hope so. I hope the, the only thing I hope is that it's a good game. I mean, I yeah. want I want the Chiefs to win just like, like you. I'm not a fan of either teams. I just want to see a great game. Yeah. Especially with you got Patrick Mahomes out there slinging the ball. It should um, be fun. And most importantly, what will the gender of the Puppy Bowl MVP be? Male or female? Male. Female. Female. That's you know, I got a ride for my gender, you know, so uh, just go ahead give me the male. Yeah, give me the boys. Well, no. If we're all picking the boys, the boys. Give me the boys. I'll go with the boys then. So, yeah, the Super Bowl is at 530. Um, I think it'll be. Which means it's at 630. Yeah. 630 Eastern time. Hey, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but they've already came out with one early Super Bowl commercial. It's a car commercial, but everyone in the commercial is famous and they talk in a Boston accent. It's got Chris Evans. It's got uh, John. Chris Evans from Boston? I, I don't know, but uh, it's got Tra- John. Travolta? No, Chris. Chris <laughs> from The Office. Yeah, John Krasinski. Yes. Um, I apologize for getting yeah, his name yeah, on because yeah, I yeah. love him on The Office. Yeah. And then they got Big Poppy in it. So I can't wait till it airs uh, so you all can see it. But I you can like look it up all, already thing. on YouTube. What The best Super Bowl commercials are usually from what companies? Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. Uh, Bud Light usually has pretty good Will ones. we see a M and M's usually. Has we're gonna talk about this there. next Sunday, but we're gonna have our best our best commercials when we come back because that's that's one thing I look forward to the most about Super Bowl. They've the been commercial. terrible the past. Yeah, yeah they I have agree. been. They've been they've been a letdown. Um, and will Shakira and J Lo sing over eight songs? Yes, Combined. and I will not be watching. Yes, I think so. Uh, yes. No, it's gonna be great, but it won't be better than. I love the Justin Timberlake halftime show from <laughs> fresh from hey, our freshman Bruno from Mar- my freshman Bruno, Bruno Mars Bruno, Bruno Mars, Mars. Bruno, 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 Bruno Mars uh, Beyonce and Chris Martin or was it uh, no they did uh, Chris Mar- <laughs> is that his name right Coldplay yeah yeah Cole Ar- yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, sorry. So uh, I think we, two of us have the Chiefs, two of us have the 49ers. will be a good game tonight. Uh, thank you all for listening to this early edition of Red Zone Radio. Um, I'm Tory Bowling alongside Matthew Hargrove, Ryan Good, and Kane Gaylord. And as always, go, go Tops. tops.